You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, the UFC sophomore fight island event goes down tomorrow night on Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi with a fascinating featherweight matchup at the top of the marquee. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UFC on ESPN 13 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. That is the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz, who is in Abu Dhabi providing absolutely fantastic coverage. Alex K. Lee is with us as well in the Great White North. Guillermo, let us start with you. UFC 251 happened on Saturday. There is a ton of hype behind it with the three title fights. And of course, Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal in the main event. But this card coming up, and you could probably make the argument for all three of these upcoming cards. This one's flying under the radar a little bit, is it not? Yeah, 100%. Because the last one was uh, heavily stacked, and the next one has another title fight. And the final one has some intriguing matchups. So this one's fine under the radar, but they had a lot of sneaky good, uh, sneaky good matchups. Uh, some 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 fans are really looking forward to. Absolutely, Alex. We got a fun main event tomorrow night in the featherweight division. We have Calvin Cater coming off of that ferocious knockout win over Jeremy Stevens at UFC 249. He takes on Danny Ige, who's won his last six fights. Big opportunity for Danny Ige to shoot up the ranks, taking on the Boston finisher. Who, let's be honest. He has all the pressure on him in his second UFC main event, but that's the way he likes it. So your thoughts on this main event tomorrow night? Uh, it's a good one. Like like you guys uh, already said, it's kind of flagging under the radar because this is the only card, I think, again, yeah, no title fights. And also uh, the last card of the month, there's like three or four former UFC champions on it. So it has that kind of buzz to it. But Cater and Ige, this could end up being the best fight of all of Fight Island. I mean, if just look at the guy's styles, uh, look at their history of finishes, uh, at what's on the line, how motivated they're going to be. Yeah, it's, 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 it's oddly a sleeper candidate for Fight Island uh, uh, top top matchup but again we'll have to see how it unfolds tomorrow but definitely uh, a one to look forward to and the rest of the card you know there's some there's some sneaky intriguing storylines on here which i'm sure we're gonna get to we are and guillerme this becomes an even bigger fight than it was when it was booked especially for calvin cater now that alexander volkanovsky retained his title on saturday night because right now there is no clear-cut number one contender at 145 pounds sure there's guys in the conversation like the korean zombie guys like zabit magomed sharapov Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, but none of those guys have fights officially on the books right now. So by Thursday morning, with a great performance in a big spot against a guy like Danny Gay, people could very well be clamoring for a Calvin Cater title shot because of how quickly the sport moves, right? Yeah, I don't think that's, uh, I think, yeah, fans could be asking for it, but I think he, he, he gets a title shot even if he does something crazy because uh, yeah, like that, like he said on, uh, on Monday's media day, there are a lot of people ranking in the top five that are not fighting. They are just talking, they are not fighting. So being active right now uh, does help him. But uh, I don't think a uh, big win Saturday, uh, Wednesday, <laughs> gets him a title shot. But yeah, puts him in a good position right now, especially in the world that uh, there are not many, many fights going on. Coming to Abu Dhabi to a headliner car definitely helps him uh, at least get himself in the conversation for for maybe one more fight to, to secure a title fight. Yeah, especially if he puts Danny Gay away, which is not an easy feat to do whatsoever, but that's gonna be a really fun fight, 145 pounds. In the co-main event, we got the flyweights doing battle. We got Tim Elliott, and you could say what you want about his record and losing three fights in a row, but this guy is always in exciting fights. Takes on Ryan Benoit, who has flip-flopped wins and losses throughout his UFC run. He does have a second-round TKO win on, on his resume over one Sergio Pettis. And he's trying to keep up his activity because he hasn't really been active over the last few years. So, 
Alex, we'll start with you. The, the original co-main event for this card was Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. What a great fight that was. We had some positive COVID tests from Munoz. That got moved to UFC 252. And listen, this, this Elliot Benoit fight might not be the sexiest co-main event on paper, but I have a hard time believing that this won't be an exciting fight. What say you? Yeah, it was heartbreaking uh, to lose that Munoz Edgar fight. That was a good one, great, great match on paper. And then again, we you know we just hope that uh, Munoz and, and that whole situation is, improves. But uh, yeah, look, Tim Elliott, if if you put him in there with any flyweight in the world for one round, he can hang with anyone. Okay, we know this. Uh, he's had trouble, I think, putting together a complete three round performance, uh, or or you know finding that finish to, to cap off the, these exciting moments that he's capable of producing in the cage. So I fully expect this first round to be a thriller. And Benoit is is a good scrambler as well. Certainly someone who can match uh, the activity of Elliot in that department. Uh, I I but I just oh gosh I don't know if we'll see Elliot finally get over that hump. He has he has such a weird UFC career. If you look at his his just his his record. He's 15, 11, and one overall as a pro, four and nine in the UFC. And yet, anyone who has seen him fight will tell you they think he, he, he looks like one of the top flyweights in the world. So he really needs this win. I, I know we were saying, Benoit, you know, he needs to get active again. And, and he, uh, both guys need to win. But I'd really like to see Elliot show, uh, I'd like to see his results reflect how talented this guy really is at some point. Jeremy, what do you think of the co main event? Because, you know, a lot of people kind of poo pooed this at first. But when you look at it stylistically, you always want a, a pretty exciting fight to lead into a main event. And I think this one sort of checks off all the boxes, despite not having the sort of big name passe, if you will, that Frankie Edgar and Pedro Munoz had. Yeah, if you look at the original co-main event, of course, it's a, it's a letdown, but uh, the, the, the matchup itself is, is, is guaranteed fun, exactly like AK said. Uh, no one can, if you know what, what, what these guys are, are capable of, you know this fight's going to be a fun one. A fun fight that was added last week to this card. We have a couple of top 10 Bantamweights fighting at 145 pounds and Jimmy Rivera and Cody Stamen. Guillermo, let's go back to you because Rivera enters this fight in pretty much unfamiliar territory on a two-fight losing streak. Stamen's coming off that emotional win over Brian Kelleher at UFC 250. And one thing to note, this fight was already signed to take place on August 8th, and they elected to move it up to this card so they don't have to cut the extra weight. They don't have to overthink anything. These are just two guys that are just going to go in there and fight and hope to make a move up the Bantamweight division. So what do you think of the featured fight tomorrow night between Jimmy Rivera and Cody Stamen, especially since it got booked so quickly? Yeah, it's a fun one. It's, 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 I, I like this, this trend UFC is doing, especially with the Bantamweights going up to 145. I think it's really, it's, it's really smart in this time, in this day and age that you have a pandemic, you, 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 you can't do a proper training sometimes. And uh, okay, you just move up and wait and keep fighting the best guys in your division to 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 just don't don't so so you don't have to to dehydrate and all that to cut back to your original weight class. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, man, it's uh he's in a, in an interesting position because he's he had three losses in his last four, but uh, he's only lost to 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 the best of the division. So and Cody Stamets has the, the the momentum on his side. Coming off that big win uh, recently, so uh, I mean, I'm curious to see how he Rivera is going to do because, uh, yeah, he was such a uh, uh, everybody saw him maybe a future content uh, champion in the division, maybe a, uh, at, at least a contender. But now he has his back against the wall, uh, even though he has lost to to some of the best. So I'm curious to see uh, which Jimmy Rivera we're we're going to see Wednesday night. 
Actually, Thursday morning here in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> AK, I spoke with Stamen before he took off to Abu Dhabi and cheap plug alert. You could check out that that video interview on the YouTube page. But one thing he said that I thought was was really interesting is that he feels that Jimmy Rivera is a great fighter, that he's not an easy out. He thought he gave Piotr Jan a hell of a time outside of the knockdowns. But he does feel like Jimmy Rivera hasn't evolved at all over his UFC career. Pretty interesting comments there from Stamen. What do you make of that? I think at a glance, again, you know, uh, I'm sure there's more to uh, to Jimmy's technique and improvements he's made than than some of us could see. But I think at a glance, that's a fair statement for, for Stamen to make. I think the Jimmy Rivera that uh, we saw in his UFC debut and that came in on this big win streak is the same Jimmy Rivera that, uh, you know, is now not in a slump, but not having the same results he had when he first started. So uh, again, it's, it's probably an oversimplification, but I, that's the kind of trash talk that I can sort of appreciate. You know, it's not over the top, but it is a little bit of a dig. And, uh, and it's something that, that Stamen, uh, you know, should be, should be able to back up on, uh, on fight night, but uh, we'll see. Like I said, Rivera, a very tough out and, and probably at least as far as ranking wise and, and name value, the, the biggest fight that uh, Stamen has had in a couple of years since probably since fighting Aljo. So uh, I know I just want to pick up one thing that you guys mentioned before is I'm a little disappointed. We haven't seen more of these, you know, guys fighting at a higher weight class during this, uh, during this uh, pandemic, during fight Island. And cause we saw that a few times in the apex shows. And I, I thought that that was the beginning of a very smart trend, but I believe this card, they're the only guys that are doing that, uh, that are going up when clearly they are still in the bantamweight division. They're just fighting at 145 because it's easier to make the cut um, given the situation. But I mean, why couldn't uh, Chris Fishgold and Jared Gordon have fought at lightweight, you know, for uh, Fishgold unfortunately missed weight this morning. Why couldn't they have fought? They both previously competed at lightweight uh, Fishgold's a Cage Warriors lightweight champion, so that should have that could have gone up. Uh, Molly McCann and Tyler, Tyler Santos. Why couldn't they fight a bantamweight? There's all Tim Elliott fought in bantamweight in his last fight. Why didn't him and Benoit agree to fight a bantamweight? I, I know fans like to see fights that have a very obvious like impact on the rankings. So I don't know if they Do think they, actually. I, I mean, you yeah. I, I mean, fans fans are really. Oh, yeah. oh, the UFC, I don't know. But the fans are sticklers for like, oh, this fight happened at a different weight class. It shouldn't <laughs> count. And it's like, why does it matter? It, it's no, they're, yeah. they're the, you know who they are. You know why they're doing this. So hopefully we see more of that in the future uh, with, with, if they do take more trips to fight, line, fight island, which, White, which uh, Dana White expects. And uh, we get more, you know, logical, just move up and wait. Don't kill yourselves mm-hmm. having to do this. Yeah, and I think part of it too is that these, these fight cards were pretty much set weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. Um, so, I mean, Rivera and Stamen got put together on a week's notice, you know, eight, nine days. So you could justify that, but it is what it is. Dana White doesn't even like the, the fact that some of these guys are going up and wait, but it is what it is. And that's where we're at right now. But as AK sort of alluded to, there were a couple of hiccups on the scale this morning. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan and the aforementioned Chris Fishgold both missed weight. Kenneth Berg was forced to withdraw from his fight with George Gonzalez due to his weight cut. So that fight is completely off the card altogether. So we're moving forward with 11 fights tomorrow night, which will be simulcast on both ESPN and ESPN Plus in the United States. Wall to wall, as the great John Anik says. But uh, let me ask you this, Guillermo, because I love the under-the-radar fights and storylines. You mentioned it when we started talking about this card. So what's what to you is like a fight or who is a fighter that is on this card tomorrow night that is flying under the radar that people need to pay attention to? Yeah, I, I, I have a few ones. Uh, ones uh, Jack Shore, uh, Modestas, uh, Bukowskas, uh, a couple of Cage Wars champions that are fighting the UFC now. Uh, Ricardo Ramos is also always fun to watch. Uh, there are a lot of a lot of intriguing ones, but in terms, of, I, someone stole my my attention at uh, 
two days uh, weigh-ins after the, the face-offs, actually, after the weigh-ins, was uh, Molly McCain. She's always fun to watch in Tyler Snow. The, the stare down there was, was really intense. So, yeah, that one stood out to me. They, the girls got my, my, my attention out. She's, on paper, it's going to be a fun one, but after the, 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 the face-offs, yeah, that's, that, I, I, I would just pick that one. Yeah, Meatball Molly is something else. Her, her appearance on the A-side live chat was, was absolutely incredible. So if you guys are bored today, go back and watch that, and you won't be bored much longer. But Alex, what say you? Under the radar, storyline, fight, fighter, what you got? Uh, initially, I would have leaned towards the, the McCann-Santos fight as well, but I, I think that fight shouldn't be fly. Like, that fight, I'm surprised that they didn't move that one up to the co-main event. I think Molly McCann is someone that, that they're going to want to push. And uh, Tyler Santos, uh, kind of unproven so far, but 15-1 and one record. If she wins, you know, she takes that momentum. So uh, I'm surprised. I would have put that up. And I also think that's going to be a really, really good three-round fight. So that would have been my pick initially. But again, I, I don't think it should be under radar. I wish it was pushed more. Uh, I'm looking at the undercard as well. I, I think uh, Hikaru, Hikaru Hamos and uh, Lerone Murphy is going to be more competitive than people think. Uh, Hamos is really good, but I think Murphy showed a lot of uh, a lot of toughness in his, that last matchup with uh, Tukagov. And other than that, I'm going to tell people, I don't know if they're, I think we're going to see a lot of finishes in this card. So as far as like how many great competitive back and forth fights are we going to see, I don't know if there's going to be that many. I, I think people will be, people looking for finishes uh, are, are going to be pleasantly surprised because there's some, there's some matchups here that are just made for someone getting knocked out or someone getting finished in the first round. I can see at least like three of them. Um, so anyone looking for that, uh, you know, and, and to play that, oh, the cards that no one talks about are always the most exciting narrative. Uh, here you go. This might be some more fodder for you on Wednesday. Hopefully we can keep the knees and the shots uh, above the belt so we can uh, yeah. not display these cards. Shout out. Spogatov. Shout out Spogatov. <laughs> Come on. Re- Santos. We know who won that fight. We know who won that fight in the streets. Yes. I would say for me, the fighter to watch that's kind of flying under the radar, and Gear may mention him. I'm going with Modestus Pekoskis. You know, you get a former Cage Warriors light heavyweight champion. This guy is one of the rare fighters who are signed to the UFC, not just to like fill in or take a short notice fight. This guy was like outright signed to the UFC months ago. He's 26 years old. He's got six straight wins, six straight finishes. The guy is just on a tear right now. And he's, you know, one of the friendliest guys in the sport right now. And another crazy story, Jared Gordon, who is fighting Chris Fishgold, lost all of his corners due to COVID-19. So Paul Felder, who helped him cut weight, is doing the broadcast, but he's going to leave his post to corner Jared Gordon tomorrow night. And that is just a wild, wild story. Uh, Before we wrap this thing up, gentlemen, this is something that I I typically haven't done on any of these preview shows, but Jose gave me some crap the last time, so we're going to do it here. How about our picks? We'll just pick a couple of these. You know what? We'll just pick the main main event. Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. Alex, I don't know if we want to preview your predictions article, but... Let's just give a little taste yeah. to the viewers. Who you got? Oh, I'm, I'm fine to do it. Uh, I, I, I got to go with Cater. I think uh, I'm not overlooking Ige. And, and I'm a little surprised, Mike, at the beginning, you didn't mention that Ige could be the one getting the title shot. I know he doesn't have quite the buzz of Cater. He hasn't doesn't have the finishes in the UFC like Cater has had a reason. I think Cater's, I think his last four wins have come by knockouts. So that's always a great thing for the UFC to sell. Uh, Ige coming off uh, back-to-back splits, I believe. Yeah, back-to-back Split decision wins, which isn't again not not quite as sexy on the marquee, but um, but he, he is six. 
Well, well, not according to the, well, it's, you know, look, they gave, they gave Jose Aldo a title shot for loss, so, you know. Uh, yeah, but a split decision win over Edson Barbosa, split decision win over Mirsad Bektic, and then, but overall, six-fight win streak, uh, which is second, I think, second longest in the division right now behind the champ and, and Arnold Allen, so uh, I think he could sneak in there, but I, I, as far as who I think will win the fight and who does deserve that next title shot, yeah, Calvin Cater all the way, uh, he, he's, he's cooking. Uh, other than the 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 Zabit fight, which was a, a very competitive fight, he hasn't ha- he has he's barely missed a step. Uh, very good with the media, so uh, yeah, you know what, Calvin Cater, I think he's going to do it, and I think he's going to get that shot. Guillermo, what do you think? Yeah, I agree as well. I think five rounds uh, also helps Cater. He, he his loss to to Zabit is a fight that if that fight was five rounds, maybe he would have won a fight. So. And I think Danny gets it's a super tough fighter, but I think Gator is gonna win this one. I don't know if he's gonna finish him, but uh, yeah, it's gonna. I, 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 I'm picking him to win. Yeah, I'll go with Cater as well. Not just because he's a fellow Boston guy, but I just think he's got a lot of momentum right now. He's got the right attitude. His mentality heading into this fight is is top notch. Plus, it's the first fight on his new deal, signed a, a new six fight deal with the UFC to take this fight with Danny Gay. And he likes having all this pressure on him. And a win over Danny Gay in the spot like this, it's only going to set him up for a much bigger fight and could put him in a position potentially to, to fight for a title, depending on how spectacular it is. I don't think necessarily that's what's going to happen, but no one else is fighting at 145. So this is a big opportunity for him to, you know, get a head start on the rest of the division. But 2020 has been a chaotic year, my friends, not just in the UFC, but around the globe. We are on Fight Island. We get another fun card tomorrow night. UFC on ESPN 13, Calvin Cater versus Danny Gay. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we'll have all of your coverage for the event on YouTube. Guillermo Cruz doing great work over there on the site, on the podcast network, just everywhere. So stick with us. All things Fight Island on mafighting.com. So that'll do it for the UFC on ESPN 13 preview show. For Guillermo Cruz in Abu Dhabi, Alex K. Lee, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching, and we will see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.